episode 79, Put Down Your Wallet and Teach. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, elite educators. This is Gretchen of Always a Lesson. Whether you're teaching a lesson or you're learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. I'm here to empower you to reach your potential, and that's why I refer to you as elite, because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast like this to help hone their craft. So I'd like to start by thanking you for tuning in each week, especially those of you going over to iTunes and subscribing or leaving a rating and a review. I appreciate that so much, but more importantly, it really just pushes out the show and lets more teachers get inspired and feel empowered as they take on their day. Today's shout-out is called Alert. You need to dethrone yourself, and it's by an anonymous reviewer who stated... You've got to hear the tough truth in this episode, and once you do, you'll subscribe to this podcast permanently. Thanks, Gretchen. Great ideas, great truths, and the cold, hard facts. So this person is referring to a specific episode I did called Dethrone Yourself. That was episode 33, where we talked about dethroning yourself so you can actually be present in the learning process. And it requires a different kind of strength to really expose yourself as a learner, especially if you're in some sort of a leadership position. Um, when you have an audience of students or teachers that you're leading, definitely a great episode, and I'm glad to hear that everyone is finding these episodes to be really helpful in and their personal and professional lives, but especially mentioning that the ideas here are great. Thank you so much for sharing that and mentioning that the truths that I'm, that what I'm sharing is a truth and that it is cold, hard facts. And sometimes it is hard to hear it. And I want you to know that it comes from a good place. It often comes from a lesson I learned myself, which comes from my own pain. So the fact that I can be vulnerable and share with you something that I've learned along the way can hopefully help you avoid those same pain points and really make great decisions for yourself as an educator so you have a lifelong career, but also what's best for students in the classroom. So thank you so much. Your name was No More Obstacles. I'm not sure what your real name is, but I do appreciate you for coming and leaving a rating and review. So today I want to help you reignite your passion and potential, and we're going to be talking about being the very best at your job, and spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with the amount of money in your bank account. This podcast episode is especially for you new teachers. Hang on, this is going to be one empowering ride. So the whole reason for this episode is it's the Christmas holiday. I love the spirit. My house is slowly transforming into a Christmas wonderland. And on social media, everything's getting blown up with gifts right now. So it's, you know, decorations for your house. And now we've moved on to all the cutesy gifts everyone is giving each other at school. Whether it's gifts for the staff if you're a leader or it's gifts for your colleagues, for those that teach with your team. And then gifts for your students. And 
as much as I love the cutesy reindeers that are made out of marshmallows and pretzels and water bottles stuffed with goodies. I mean, it's all to die for. It's Pinterest worthy, of course, but it's so out of control. I mean, when did these type of gifts become the norm and when did gifts in general become the norm? There's just so much pressure now to conform to what's happening on social media, like I mentioned on Pinterest. And I've talked about this before, about stop trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're now feeling the pressure to step up and spend money just so our kids can have the same experience that so-and-so, who knows where they live, is giving their kids. And it's a false reality that, one, it's required, because it's not, and two, that you have to do it in order for your kids to learn or to like you. And I think the focus is shifting so much away from what we're supposed to be doing as leaders in the classroom is teaching. All those things are fun, but they're extras and they're not needed and they're certainly not required, especially of our own money. And it got me immediately thinking about my student teacher years ago. Uh, we're, we're great friends. She ended up teaching across the hall from me, which we loved teaching the same grade and working with each other. But she was constantly spending money, and I couldn't understand why. Everything was provided for her by the district. I mean, by law, the district has to give you whatever materials they say you need to have in order to teach. So like, for example, our science unit, they decided to throw out the textbook and the district made all these science plans. And of course, they're like over and above anything that you need. So every lesson required like 42 items. (laughs) It was so frustrating. But by law, they had to equip us with them. I mean, they couldn't ask us to teach these lessons and then go out and buy all of styrofoam cups and whatever else was needed for the experiments. So needless to say, she had everything she needed. Plus she had me, who'd been teaching for a decade by that point. I had tons of stuff. I mean, literally just stuff. So it wasn't like she (laughs) needed any of these particular items. And she would come in every day with, you know, at the beginning it was like, let's teach one lesson a day. And it blew my mind how often she came in with her hands loaded with stuff. And she'd say, oh, I'll be right back. i got to go to my car and get more. And I'm like, what are you teaching today? Like, geez, it's like, a, it's like you're a drama teacher and you have to set up the whole stage or something. But she had colored bins and crafts and candy and personalized pencils, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was asinine. And I thought to myself, why? I mean, did the kids learn any better then if those things weren't there? No. Of course, was it fun? Yes. And did it bring some pizzazz into the classroom? Of course. But now we're setting kids up for this unrealistic expectation for the teacher that they have to provide that stuff. And they don't because that's not their job to wine and dine you as a student. You know, you don't like, what are you going to give me today? Or what? No snack with this math lesson? You know, you don't want them thinking that that is normal. So she set that bar for herself, and when student teaching was over, she had to decide if she was going to continue to deliver or if she was going to pull back. And sad to say, it not only continued, but it got worse. I didn't think it could be worse than that, but it got worse. And you know me, I'm honest, so of course I would tell her, you do not have to buy this stuff. You're a great teacher. Don't rely on stuff to make you great. She's like, oh, I just can't help it. And I'm thinking... Well, I can't because my bank account doesn't have money for me to go buy that stuff, (laughs) especially student teaching. My God, I was just starting out. I didn't have any money. Well, anyways, I knew I had always wanted to be a teacher, and so I started stocking up 
with stuff for my future classroom beginning like in middle school. I mean, Santa, (laughs) I use that term loosely, would give me books during Christmas for, you know, things to read aloud, like Ron Clark books and stuff, just about how to be a great teacher. And I would get things, you know, personalized as I would see from teacher magazines because I knew I wanted stuff on my desk to be cutesy and over time, going shopping, it was no longer looking for the cute stiletto heels. It was, okay, give me some comfy shoes <laughs> that kids could spit up on and I could roll on the ground with and, you know, whatever else was going to happen. And so I was even, by the time I got my classroom, I was ready. You know, of course, my room was absolutely beautiful. I, I thought it was. You know, I had lamps from Walmart so that I didn't have to use those horribly blinding classroom ceiling lights and it really just set the calm tone of the room. I had inspiring posters that I purchased over the years and I hung those on the walls and I had cute stuffed animals that I brought in that I had as kids as a kid and it really just made the reading nook extra cozy. And speaking of that reading nook, I had saved all my Berenstain Bear books from childhood and I gifted them to our classroom and I had this special VIP shelf for boys and girls that really treated the books with the utmost courtesy and respect. So I know all about, you know, wanting the perfect classroom, but I can't imagine making that same look from scratch. Like the the only reason it got to that level, and that's not even a level really. I mean, if I put that on Pinterest, people would be like, womp, womp, (laughs) like old news, you know, but to me it was like extra spectacular. And I just felt that I love my room, but it took years for me to get stuff to make it look that way. And it didn't impact the way I taught at all. I mean, it just made you have a feeling and made you happy and I love looking at it, you know, but my kids ended up breaking all the personalized items. That was frustrating. And, you know, you always had one kid every year that ruined Berenstain Bear books for me, you know, whatever. It's just par for the course. But for me, I loved it and it was selfishly, I loved it. You know, just like all these other things we're doing for kids, it's because we selfishly want to do it or we're trying to keep up with whoever else is doing it. Or we don't want our kids to feel bad that they have the teacher that doesn't go above and beyond and, that's what I'm saying is I'm getting nervous that we just keep upping the ante with stuff that doesn't even really impact learning. I mean, we should be upping the ante in how we're delivering our lessons and not with the stuff that we're giving kids or, or you know, using in our lessons. So as you know, I left the classroom after a decade and I went to coach teachers and provided PD and making classroom resources, yada, yada. And so I gave all my teaching stuff away to teachers that were at my old school because I knew they could benefit from having them. I, I didn't want to hoard them and have, you know, a storage unit of stuff that I had acquired. And I wasn't really sure at that time I'd want to go back teaching because I love what I'm doing. Um, I may in the future, but I'm just thinking about, oh my gosh, that because I gave all that away, if I were to go back, I'd have to buy everything. And my head just spins to think about how much money it would take to do my classroom the way I want it to be. It's just not even important, though. I mean, I taught elementary kids for so long now that the ideas and the experience that are in my mind are more powerful than all that cutesy decor and the matching materials. You know, I would definitely still, over time, get my classroom to that level. I want it to come alive. But dang, I couldn't do it all at once. And I, and I wouldn't want to. I mean, <laughs> I love to eat. I love to hang out with my friends. I don't want to sacrifice my whole paycheck for that. And so that really sends a message that stuff is more important if I was pouring everything in to, you know, have that same level to start off with. And it's not more important than learning. It's just not. 
And I'm going to tell you, there's endless opportunities that come up in the school year. So not just having your, your room looking nice. There are constantly things that come up where you're going to want to spend your money. And we have to keep our, our focus on kids instead of falling victim to our wallet. So for example, back to school comes. I always had a postcard for each kid sitting on their desk with a personalized note about what I was excited for for the year. I had name plates, you know, with their names all written perfect in cursive, and of course all the name plates matched. And I made them a take-home gift for Meet the Teacher Night or Back to School, whatever you may call it. So when they came to meet me, they could take something home with them. You know, I had a display of a giving tree with cutesy little items that parents could take off and take home. It was basically a request for certain supplies that you know, I didn't want to buy because I preferred to buy cute stuff and left the post-its and the Kleenex and all the important things that I needed for parents to buy. I mean, hello, priorities. I don't know why I was like that, but then Halloween comes, right? And you want to do a cutesy craft or you want to have your classroom do some trick-or-treat event or you and your colleagues want to dress up in costumes or then, of course, you want to decorate the classroom with Halloween stuff. And then Thanksgiving comes and it's, again, cutesy crafts and you want to do thankfuls with your students. You make these elaborate turkey booklets, you know, (laughs) and then you've got decor and then Christmas comes and you want to give your kids gifts and you want to wear an outfit like an ugly Christmas sweater and of course there's decorations for that and then along the way there's fundraisers that you pour money into and then your kids in your class are selling Girl Scout cookies and the boys in your class are selling popcorn buckets and you know you want to buy into that and then you want to go above and beyond every lesson so you're out at the dollar store trying to buy, buy, buy and you know then there's teacher materials like dang flare pens. I love myself a good flare pen Uh, or a laptop bag or, you know, a matching lunchbox, you know, thanks to Target. (laughs) You know, the list just goes on there. It's not just like, okay, I want my classroom cute. It's all the other things that come up during the year that take away your focus from kids and learning. Like, yes, this stuff is fun. And yes, this stuff takes the pressure off your job and just makes you enjoy life a little bit more. But it really is not impacting learning. And if I gave you $100 and said, I want you to use it to make your kids the best versions of themselves, and you went out and bought yourself flare pens, I would be so mad. (laughs) But listen, I get it. I love flare pens. And I love the cutesy stuff. I don't want you to hear me wrong. But if I were you, I would just spend some time in the summer or whenever you have a chance doing some long-range planning. So just like you plan out your school year of, you know, what you're going to teach each month, and then you work backwards and kind of you know, detail out a specific lesson, go ahead and just make a list of all the things that you want to buy for your classroom or for your kids for the year. And you can do it by holiday. You can just walk yourself through the calendar year in terms of what's happening at your school. If you're brand new, you can reach out to a veteran teacher and say, what are big events that you have at your school that teachers generally go and buy stuff for? And they may say, oh, we have this, uh, you know, eighth grade dance that all the teachers come and decorate the gym with. And you're like, okay, I need to budget some money for that or whatever. But I want you to kind of create a list of all the things you want. And don't hold yourself back. It's just every little thing that you would buy for our kids or for the classroom, write it down. And then put them in priority order. You know, what are the things you absolutely have to have or you want to do this year? Put that in one list. And then have a second part of that list, which would be like the nice to do items. And if you happen to get like an increase in your paycheck or you decide to get a second job or heck, parents donate something to you, those things could come off that 
second list. But that first list is things you are definitely budgeting. You're taking out money every month to make sure you can do those things. That second list is if you just get an extra pot of money, you're going to go ahead and splurge and do those things. But then there's that third list that's the next year list. These are the things that you can't afford right now, but you want to do eventually. And you're holding yourself to make sure you do them, but you're going to keep it on the next year list. You're not going to let it cross over to the nice to have list or to the must have list. It's going to stay on there next year. So get a grip and already decide, okay, I'm not going overboard on such and such. That's going to be next year. I'm budgeting for it now. Because if you spend all your time buying stuff, you're missing out on the whole point of your job. Think about it. Teachers go to like off the map locations to go teach kids English. I mean, do you think that they go and they decorate the classroom and they bring all these personalized items with them? <laughs> no, they bring themselves and probably a good pair of shoes and they just get teaching. That's it. You know, the kids learn in leaps and bounds just from the brains that are in the head of the teacher. And that's it. That's What's important is what you're capable of doing in the classroom, not the stuff you're capable of buying. I mean, you went to school to be a teacher. You have experience working with kids. So use that to your advantage to be the best at your job instead of leading the educational experience with things. Students don't need you to correct their spelling test in glittery ink. <laughs> Students don't need you to make a 3D Polar Express train to sit in while reading the book during a read-aloud. Students don't need you to dress up like George Washington for your biography unit. I mean, of course, these extras certainly make it fun for kids, but they're not required, and they certainly aren't required of your wallet. Teachers don't get paid much as is, so if you're depleting your funds for all these extras in the classroom without carefully planning for them, you risk losing out on something else in your life, like rent, hello, <laughs> night out with your friends, a trip home, whatever. I mean, balance is absolutely necessary in order to not just lose your mind in this field of work. So do not put all your eggs in one financial bucket and then you're going to miss out on other things that really round you out and keep you sane. And please don't feel bad. There's going to be someone across the hall or down the hall or in another school or on Instagram that they're going to have this three ring circus thing going on for every lesson. But that's fine. Let them be them and UBU. You know, teacher of, the, teacher of the Year candidates aren't always the ones who go above and beyond with stuff. They often are really the ones that keep it super simple, but they make the thinking in the lesson for the students really extraordinary, and that's how they stand out, and that's how they make a difference in education, not with stuff. It's with what they're doing inside the classroom with students. And the more our kids get used to all this stuff, the more they think they need it. So just strip it all away. They can learn just as well without it. Believe me. Everything is great in moderation. I mean, that's a lesson in life <laughs> in general. So don't go crazy. Your, your classroom doesn't have to be color-themed for each quarter. <laughs> you don't need to take out a second mortgage just to do a science lesson. You know, with some careful planning, choose when and choose how that you're going to go above and beyond and then stick to it. You know, over time, you're going to acquire stuff and eventually you'll look like you have a three-ring circus, but you're not going broke. It's just you've acquired it over time. Just enjoy being a teacher instead of being strapped down to being one. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on stepping up to the plate to do your very best for kids each and every day without breaking the bank doing it.
Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcast.com. Network.com for more details.